0: The most obvious thing I have to ask you,
1: the first name, Wink. Where did I get that silly, silly name? Not silly, but certainly <laughs> unusual, like along the, the the lines of Conway Twitty. That's right. How many Winks and how many Conway Twitties have you heard Phew. of? Few. Uh, Wink is a... I guess a natural offshoot of Winston. Yes. Uh, when we were very, very young, when I was about six or seven years old, my mother tells me that a kid across the street by the name of Jimmy McCord with whom I used to play uh, could not say Winston and it came out for some unknown reason, Winky. So when I got into this business, Winky became Wink because you dare not walk down Hollywood Boulevard with the name Winky Martindale. <laughs> so I became Wink and it's just kind of caught on and it's been with me ever since.
0: Well, I, you know, I, was, I was convinced that somewhere along the line that some, uh, some Hollywood uh, publicity agent it said, this is a great name for you. Use this. But it's been a
1: handle all your life, so you're used to it. That's right. It sounds like something that some uh, agent or PR person would make up. But uh, And I've often said to myself, Self, why don't you make up some wild and woolly story about Wink? Because people ask me about the name. It is an unusual name, nickname. And uh, I've never quite come up with some great story yet. But, uh, but you're entirely correct. There is
0: nobody else that's got it. And, it's, right. and it's unique to you. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Tic Tac Toe before we get into some other areas. Uh, it's a very popular show in Canada, I'm sure. That you're aware. Oh yeah, uh, it's a game show that's been on the air for how many years now?
1: This is our seventh year. We're completing seven years, and we're going into our eighth year uh, this next season. We've is it been syndicated up. or isn't it? syndicated? Yeah. Started out oddly enough as a uh, CBS daytime show. We were on CBS uh, during the summer about six years ago did the pilot at CBS, and uh, after nine weeks, they canceled us. And we had already been to the Natpe convention, which is the syndicators convention uh, uh, that year in Las Vegas, and our show had been purchased by a lot of stations for access time. And uh, so it really didn't matter that we were canceled off CBS, although it was a blow to the ego for producers and yours truly. But we went on in access time that September and have never looked back. It's been an enormously successful show and uh, just phenomenal. And it's been the best thing that ever happened to me in my career.
0: I was reading some pieces the other day, and they were talking about uh, what's happening in the land of television, and that the amount of situation comedies that uh, appear to be going down the tube, that the sitcom is going to be a thing of the past for a couple of seasons and will probably come back again, but that the game shows are still strong. Why?
1: Well, I'll tell you. You know, the death knell for game shows comes about every uh, five or six years. I know that NBC two years ago said, we don't want any more game shows on daytime. Soap operas are so strong, and there are so many of them, and people love them so that that's where we want to. Uh, uh, fill up our time periods uh, from now on with. So that was the death knell for game shows. And now... Uh, we find that uh, there are 18 game shows for sale in the syndicated market alone, and there will be more game shows hour-wise than daytime soap operas uh, on the networks uh, beginning this fall. So, the popularity of game shows, as far as I'm concerned, Terry, uh, uh, stems from the fact that people like to see other people win. They like to see people have a good time. They can uh, relate to game shows because everybody likes mm-hmm. to put themselves in the position of the uh, average contestant, and they. They sit at home in their den or their living room or wherever, at the bar, right. and they say, oh, wow, I could answer that. I could make me a lot of money, too. Why don't I get on a game sure. show? Sure. Who conceived the idea? Of Tic-Tac-Toe? Yes. Tic-Tac-Toe was a game show that uh, Jack Berry and Dan Enright came up with years ago. It was, uh, as a matter of fact, Jack Berry was the first host of Tic-Tac-Toe. It was on in the late 50s, early 60s, and was um, sort of consumed with the the game show scandal back in the late 50s and early 60s. And so it went down the tubes. But the format was always good because it was Tic-Tac-Toe, and everybody knows how to play it. It's like hopscotch or bingo or what have you. So um, it came back. Uh, they decided to uh, get the rights back from NBC, who owned the name. They did so. In the fact, they leased the show from NBC, oddly enough. And uh, we're on a lot of NBC stations around the country, but not on the network, just in access on stations. And uh, that's uh, where Tic Tac Doe the name came from. They came up with a name that was an offshoot of tic-tac-toe. They called it tic tac toe because we give away money. so much money and so many prizes and that's where that all happened. Is that money all taxable in this country? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, your prizes are taxable. Everything that you win is uh, considered ordinary income. So you just attach the retail value of whatever you win onto whatever your earnings are for that particular year. Do you have yeah. an IRS man that stands by and monitors everybody. As a matter of fact, he's right here under this <laughs> table as we speak. <laughs> he goes everywhere I go because I'm the one that gives away the money.
0: <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the about the uh, the national uh, international popularity that uh, that this has brought you. Now you started as a as a disc jockey in this business. Uh, you're back again working in in the in the meat and potatoes section, <laughs> make, making a constant income other than what you're doing from That's television, right. but but based upon what most of us end up in this business of being well known in our local market and very seldom outside of that, uh, this has
1: done big things for you. Oh yeah, the first thing that ever happened to me that was really uh, good from an international standpoint, Terry. I don't know whether you're familiar with this record or not, but in 1959, I my first year in California from Memphis, Tennessee, I had the good fortune to make a record for Dot Records, and it sold over a 1,200,000 copies. It was called Deck of Cards. And it was a story of a soldier in church during the war who used a deck of cards as a Bible, an almanac, and a prayer book. Because when he went to church on a Sunday morning after a battle he didn't have a Bible. So he pulled out a deck of cards. And that was phenomenally successful. It was a big hit in England. As a matter of fact in England it's been a hit on three different occasions. Once in 59, one in 60, and again in 1962. So uh, that was the first thing that ever I guess really brought my name to prominence anywhere outside my, uh, my home. Right. And then, of course, uh, came uh, the first network game show I did, which was called What's This Song? But the first real successful game show I ever did, which did as much for me, I guess, as uh, as Tic-Tac-Doe, at least in the beginning, was a show called Gambit, which we did at CBS oh, yeah, for five years. Sure. And then that went off after five years. And about three years ago, we did it for another year on NBC Network and called it Las Vegas Gambit and taped it out of Las Vegas. Right. So we had a lot of international friends come in who knew of the show or... or uh, Tourists, transitory people would come into Las Vegas and they would stop by and watch the taping of our show at the Tropicana Hotel and of course tic-tac-do I was doing it at the same time. So all of these things sort of weave themselves together and have right. sort of build, right. helped build a name for myself.
0: What about the lifestyle now of Wink Martindale with all the work that's going on, the amount of time that you spend uh, doing your television, doing your radio program, are you able to keep things
1: at a fairly even keel? Oh yeah, that's, that's pretty easy for me. Uh, as a matter of fact, my wife and I are really getting in our uh, our life in order now. We Last year was pretty wild for me. I guess it was the busiest year I've ever had. We did some gambit. We did some uh, tic-tac-toe. I got back into radio. We had a restaurant in Memphis where I made 30, 30 trips to, to Memphis. The first mistake was getting into the restaurant business. Yes, you know, that's right. It's kind of like a boat. They say the the best days you buy you have a boat are the day you buy it and the day you sell day it. I so can much. say the same the thing about the restaurant. You keep putting money in it. Right. <laughs> it's just a bottomless pit. Yeah. But I always had this great desire to own a restaurant. Yeah. Yes. I guess so I'd have You'd some like place to be to, host. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Punishment for thyself. Indeed. And we also were in the one-hour photo business back there. So we were constantly going back and forth. 1983 was a rough year. It was a good year professionally, but it just ran us ragged. Now we've gotten rid of the restaurant, yeah. and the one-hour photo businesses sort of take care of themselves. Uh, we're only doing tic-tac-toe, and we're doing the radio show five days a week, and I get two months off a year to, for vacation time. So that kind of works out nicely. I get two days every other week off to tape Tic-Tac-Toe. Right. So it's not the kind of thing where I'm locked into radio every single day for four hours. And so with, with that much time, we have a lot of time to ourselves, and it's, uh, it's really a lot of fun. And as you know, it's nice to be wanted. <laughs> there are a lot of people out there digging ditches and walking the streets who would love to have my job and do what we're doing.
0: Wink Martindale is our guest this afternoon of uh, Tic Tac Dough, uh, KMPC, uh, Gambit, and, uh, and formerly a restaurant in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm glad you said formerly. I'm glad to be out of that. Let's talk about Desiderata. Desiderata? Desiderata.
1: Well, now, you, you have me confused with uh, somebody else. I did not do Desiderata, I did Deck of Cards. Les Crane did Desiderata. You're right. Yeah. Isn't that incredible, because and people, gentlemen? You have just heard just, me correct, Terry we Moore. We just blew end. it because
0: so many people associate you in that
1: area. Yeah, well, when you that's make obviously not the first time that's happened. Absolutely not. Uh, Decca Cards, Desiderata, Big Bad John, Ringo by yes, Lauren Green, yes, and I know yes, he was one of your yes, guests. Yes. Uh, those are probably. Four of the most popular narrative pieces of material ever recorded. So I have gotten that before. I don't know whether Les Crane would appreciate that or not, but some people think (laughs) that I did his record. Some people think, because I've talked to him about this, think that he did Deck of Cards. I don't think either one of us have ever been confused for uh, Lauren Green, though. Because no, he has, no, you know, the, the silver hair and all the money. Well,
0: he, he is the, the type of voice that I think that you expect to see permanently walking down the street with a hand behind the
1: ear. Absolutely. The guy who, when he talks, sounds like God, oh, you know. Phenomen- phenomenal guy.
0: Why have you not branched off into acting with all of the contacts you've got, the situation comedies that you could have been involved in? You've done guest shots in in various areas, but why has somebody not come along and tapped you on the shoulder and said, hey, let's
1: do something permanent with you? I guess because I have... Used as a base for most of my days in this business, Terry, the radio business. And as you know, when you do radio on a daily basis, either five or six weeks, uh, five or six days a week, uh, you just don't have much time to get away to do uh, uh, bit parts. I I know when I was here at KMPC about uh, four or five years ago, I had the opportunity on two different occasions to uh, do. A guest shot, and one was a real good script with Richard Dawson. We were going to be songwriters on a... um fantasy island script yeah and no i beg your pardon it wasn't fantasy island it was love boat and we were going to meet on the love boat we had been out of high school for years and he had become successful i as a songwriter i was not successful it was a great script and i loved it but they would not let me off for a week at a time to go do that so they invited me back about three weeks later to do another script i again could not get off by the program director to do that uh, script of love boat Uh, Mm -hmm. that just i use that as an example of, you know, when you're locked in doing radio every day, you only have to do that a couple of three times. They have never been back ever since to ask me to do a script. I would love to uh, to do some acting. I uh, came out here in 1959 and took acting lessons in 60, 61, 62 from Loreen Tuttle. You may be familiar with her. She's a, a fine character actress and been out here for years. And um, I don't know, I just never really had an agent to concentrate on acting parts. I've always wanted to, but I haven't found someone who would really get out there and beat the bushes for me. And of course the radio thing would be a problem. When you're doing game shows, that's another problem. Because you have to absolutely be available. And it's almost as if, you know, either do this, or do this, or do this, but don't try to do all three or four.
0: One of the things that our listeners aren't going to know, and that's what's happening with you on KMPC. now. Let me just briefly give a sketch of the type of format that happens on this radio station, because okay, and if you're wrong, I'll correct you. Yes, you will. <laughs> and I, I refuse ever again to confuse you with uh, yeah with Les Crane. Uh, God help me on this one. Anyway, a uh, format listeners that one would think would be something that would go right into the dumper in any major market because they play the old tunes. I'm just not talking about the flashbacks and the golden oldies from the 50s and the 60s. I'm talking the 40s and the 30s. Mm-hmm. Today I heard the late Bill Kenny yeah. doing a number. Of course Bill lived in Vancouver for years. As a matter of fact he's buried up there and his wife Audrey uh, listens to this program. Hi Audrey. And and uh, I know that she would be delighted to hear that you're playing in Los oh, Angeles, yeah. uh, her late husband. but it's incredible. That that format survives.
1: You know, one of my favorite records, speaking of Bill Kinney, is It it Is No Secret What God Can Do, and we play that among many others. Mm -hmm. But you're right, we play, you may hear uh, Cheek to Cheek by Fred Astaire from 1936, or you may hear uh, Patty Page sing one of the biggest female vocalists of all time uh, vocal recordings, Tennessee Waltz. Or you may hear uh, uh, Dionne Warwick sing Do You Know the Way to San Jose? I mean, we in big bands, we do it all. There was a format that started a few years ago about five years ago i first heard it in hawaii we were over on maui and i was driving along this uh this maui road and it was about seven o'clock at night i flipped on a radio station and i heard some recording like moonlight serenade by glenn miller and i said my god who in the world is playing this i mean it's beautiful and it's my all-time favorite big band theme but i thought how are they going to get ratings? Yeah, how do you make money playing the old big bands? Yeah. Well, it turns out that the whole time we were on Maui, I listened to the station because they were using a format called, quote, Music of Your Life. That's, the one down the key, huh? That's right. Al Ham started that, yeah. and it became enormously successful. Okay. Fade to black and come up on 1984. A station here in Los Angeles, KPRZ, down the street, started doing this Music of Your Life format about two years ago. Well, KMPC, for whom I work, Gene Autry station, uh, they weren't having much success in the all-talk format. And they tried all sports, and they tried all this, and they tried all that, and rock, and you name it. Well, they decided to give because this format, the big bands and the oldies became so successful at this other station. They thought, why should that station, which is much smaller and not as powerful as this station, get all the the money and reap all the thunder from this great format? We have a whole library of great oldies back here. So we started our own version of, quote, music of your life. Back to the morgue. Right. And that's when they brought me in and a couple of other people, Jim Lang, who used sure. to do the dating game is here. He precedes me every day on the air. Now we play the... Hits of the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, and some of the 60s. The original records. And it has been phenomenally successful in a station of 88, in a market of 88 stations, AM and FM in Los Angeles. We including AM and FM are in the top 10. So is the station down the street, I might add. Uh, so you have two big band formatted stations that are in the top ten in a city where you have eighty-eight. Radio station serving that city. So, needless to say, the station is doing well. It's back on its feet. It was a monster station in this market for years and years. It was the personality station, 50,000 watts a day, 10,000 watts a night, mm-hmm. and owned by Gene Autry. It's his, uh, his, uh, his bellwether. His uh, what do you call it? His a number one station. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's proud of it again now. We're all proud to be working here. And uh, even though we're programming to an audience of, say, oh, 35 and up, uh, that doesn't seem to matter anymore. Yeah, they're the ones that spend the money. They're the ones that buy the Lincolns and the Cadillacs and uh, the Chevrolets, whatever. i got to tell you, it's a relief.
0: Because when you go down here and you go cross the dial yeah. and you hear all the heavy metal, boom, 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 and then they hit that. What a breath of fresh air.
1: i got to tell you, Terry, I was watching the Grammy Awards recently on network television, and about 30 minutes into it, I sat back and I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and I said, is this where music is? <laughs> I didn't understand it. Now, maybe I'm getting a little older. I mean, I'm not ancient. Neither are you. But my gosh, I didn't understand it. And then Linda Ronstadt came out did what's and, new. And, and did the song from her What's New album. Yeah. I think uh, I don't stand a ghost of a chance yeah, with you. And me. I thought, oh, my gosh, there is, there is, uh, there is salvation yet, and let me tell you something. But the kids I, think that this is all brand new oh, music. Oh, sure. They, the Gershwin what? George who? Cole <laughs> Porter did what? He wrote what? When? But I had the pleasure of helping introduce the What's New album here on this station, of course, because they're all standards and that's what we Surely. play. And so we kind of helped kick that off here in L.A. And I'll let you in on a little secret. By the time this is on the air perhaps, this album will be out. But do you know who else has just recorded for Atlantic Records an album of great standards by Cole Porter and George Gershwin? Uh, You won't believe it. I'll give you a little quiz, a little trivia. Who recorded Love Will Keep Us Together or the Muskrat song? Love Will Keep Us Together. The Neil Sedaka song. Love Will Keep Us Together. Okay, I don't know. Tony Tennille. Tony Tennille? The Captain and Tennille. When you hear Tony Tennille sing some of the songs like... it's very clear our love is here to stay, the yes. great Gershwin standard. You will not know that that is the same lady who sang the muskrat song or Love Will Keep Us Together. What a voice. What an incredible voice with a huge 40-some-odd piece orchestra. All the arrangements done by Sammy Nestico, who is right now, as we speak, doing an album with Frank Sinatra. Uh, he did all of the arrangements and played for Count Basie, all of those great Count Basie years in the, in the, in the early years of his career. So she went to the best. She got uh, Paul Smith to play piano, all the great musicians in Los Angeles. And she is coincidentally going to be doing an, a, a telethon with me uh, for cerebral palsy in my hometown uh, in, uh, in March. But um, it's incredible, and, and when you hear it, you won't know it's the same gown. I have one quiz for you Who didn't record Desiderata? Who didn't record? Who didn't? Who didn't?
0: Who didn't? I didn't. Wink Martindale has been our guest, the man who did not record
1: Desiderata. What's up for you next? Well, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. We've been picked up, as I mentioned earlier, for another year of Tic-Tac-Toe, our eighth season. And I'll continue doing radio. And uh, I have a game show that I uh, came up I came up with a concept for a game show myself, which I have submitted to Barry Enright, my producers on Tic Tac Doe, it's a musical game show, and Mm -hmm. I think that uh, television has room for one of those, daytime, and I'm hoping that will will come to fruition, and will become successful somewhere along the line in 1984, but outside of that, I'm just going to continue to try to make myself available to do things that come up from time to time, I'm active in the commercial market, I do commercials here, uh, Safeway commercials here in Los Angeles, and other commercials. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just enjoy being busy, Terry. I uh, Anything that comes along from day to day, if I think it's uh, viable and good for me to do, fortunately, I've gotten at a point in my career where I can pick and choose the things, some of the things that I do, and uh, that's just what I want to do, continue to try to f- hone very finely what I uh, think I do, uh, hopefully, as well as some other people in the business, and continue to work. Listen, you've been a fun guest. Thank you so
0: much for spending time with us today, and if you're up in the Vancouver area sometime, drop by and see us at CKNW. Thank you very much,
1: Terry. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor. Thank you for asking me. See you at the home of the legends, redrobinson.com.